It's time for Ask Dale Anything, the show that answers your most perplexing questions with profound answers from one of the top transformational teachers and leaders on the planet, Dale Halloway. I'm your host, Mickey Manning, Dale's left-hand person, as I like to call it, and I've never heard a question that he can't answer. He's been doing this for over 40 years now, and he truly has an answer that's profound and helpful on any topic. So with that, let's get into today's question. So Dale, I have got a very timely question for you from Sharon in in California or Las Vegas? California. California. Okay, sorry. Let me start that over. All right, Dale. Well, I have a very timely question for you from Sharon in California. Now, before we get into Sharon's question, I want to announce our winner for the best question bonus giveaway. And that is George for his question on how do I connect with my guides and angels? So, yeah congratulations to george for the awesome question that was a great podcast if you guys haven't heard that one uh go back and check that one out because it is um it's a it's a wonderful one so congratulations george what was the title of that episode again that episode was how do i connect with my angels and guides awesome yeah that was a it was a great one uh very popular one too a lot of people have listened to that one so um just so everybody knows too you also can be entered into our best question bonus giveaway that is an ongoing drawing that we do um from time to time we will actually uh pull a winner and you will win a transformational course of dales and you'll get your question entered into our drawing so it's a win-win all you got to do is send your question in to askdale at askdaleanything.com that's askdale at askdaleanything.com and with that let's get into sharon's question sounds good (laughs) all right so sharon asks uh do you have any advice on how to prepare my family for a coming collapse my young kids in particular uh do you have a recommended strategy on how to start a conversation on that to ease the coming shock to our system and does speaking with kids about a coming collapse negatively affect their trajectory of their soul's journey it's a loaded question (laughs) that is a loaded question no doubt about it. Uh, so, you know, I think it's probably good for the all of our listeners to, you know, maybe take a moment and talk about the collapse and what the collapse might look like, for example. Um, so, you know, we can all see in our external worlds that something is clearly happening on the planet that was not happening, uh, shall we say, when we were much younger. Uh, things have clearly changed. And they're going to continue to change. And ultimately, everything's going to change for the better. That's, that's the greatest news. But in that idea of everything changing for the better on our planet, where we as a humanity, we as a people become a better people, uh, we become more civilized within that of each other, uh, not just in our country or the country that we currently reside in, but in other countries. So everything right across the board just becomes a better thing for us. Um, all relations including. 
So whether that's country to country or that's person to person or company to company or market to market and so on, whatever that might be. Now with us moving in that direction, because of where we've been as a race, uh, we've gotten, shall we say, maybe a little more on the toxic or negative side, a little more on the limiting, uh, restrictive side. And so, you know, as we listen to other people speak about what's going on in current time, you'll hear comments like, I don't understand what's going on. I don't even recognize this world. I don't recognize this country. I don't recognize uh, this government. I don't recognize these leaders. Like, what is happening? Um, or you might hear people say, I don't even want to watch the news anymore because it doesn't matter what station I'm watching. It's, it's always, I'm right, they're all wrong um, type thing, and I'm getting tired of that. Like, what's going on here? Like, you know, where's the balance in all of this? Or is there even balance in all of this in terms of our current time? And of course, it doesn't look like it's very balanced. It doesn't feel like it's very balanced. Quite frankly, it feels like everything's really off right now. <laughs> and there's clearly something going on of a deeper, we might even say darker, heavier you know, nature. And so that idea of the collapse that's coming, the collapse has to do with a cleanse. So many of us have all been through an economic cleanse, also known as say a recession or even a depression, uh, economically speaking. So, and if we haven't been through a depression, perhaps our parents were, uh, had gone through the depression and had all kinds of stories to share with us in terms of what that might've been like for them during that time. But at the very least, if you're, you know, even 30 years of age at this point, you've probably been through, or you're, at least you were aware of one recession and what that might be like. Well, when a recession is happening, one of the reasons for a recession is for the economy or part of the economy to cleanse itself, to reset itself, you see. And so, and that's been going on since the beginning of time, if you will, in terms of this idea of resetting, cleansing, and so on. Just like you and I as an individual, it's uh, more than likely a real wise choice to do a resetting of sorts within inside of ourselves as an individual being, man or woman or child or teenager or grandparent, and you get the idea. Um, and in that resetting, you might go on a cleanse. You might do a physical cleanse of some kind. Maybe you go on a, a juice cleanse for three, or you know, a juice cleanse for three days, or maybe you do a water fast for a couple of days, or whatever it is that might be right for you. And then, of course, there's all kinds of cleanses that you can now purchase in the market that where somebody that this is part of their passion, they designed a specific cleanse that you and I can take advantage of. All the thinking has been done on our behalf, and maybe that's how we do the cleanse. Or quite frankly, maybe we get really sick. Maybe we get really sick. And of course, in the moment of getting sick, it looks like our body is sick. And so we go to a doctor and we get treated and whatever, whatever that might mean for us from time to time. But what you might not be fully aware of is this is the body's way. When the body gets backed up with toxins, when the body gets backed up with enough, we'll just say negative ingredients inside of its own form, the physical vessel that is, the body in terms of its intelligence can literally put itself into a full-on cleanse. So if I'm not aware of this, in other words, if I'm unconscious towards this, and the only way the body gets to cleanse out those impurities 
is through getting sick. Because very interesting, once you get sick, one of the first thing you lose your taste for is food, <laughs> right? You just don't want to eat. In fact, sometimes the thought of certain foods makes you feel like you're going to even get sick again, right? Well, that's happening because the body, the intelligence of the body, that is, and the body does have its own intelligence. So the intelligence of the body, what it's chosen to do on your behalf, because you weren't willing to choose it, or you weren't willing to volunteer yourself or some kind of a, a conscious cleanse or a volunteer cleanse. So this is the body's way of kind of assuring itself that we don't go too over the top with too many impurities, too many toxins, too much negativity inside of our body. Because if we get too much negativity, if we get too much toxic waste in our body and it starts to back up, that's the kind of stuff that can ultimately manifest into some form of a disease and even a life-threatening illness. So, you know, it's, it's really cool the way it's been set up once, once you understand how it's all been set up. So in this case, the body is forcing itself into a cleanse through this act of getting sick. Now, clearly, if you're sick, you still want to do, you know, go to the doctor and get checked out or your holistic practitioner, whoever it is that you use when you find yourself in those kinds of situations. But more than likely, more than likely what's really going on, this is the body's way of literally pulling the trigger because the trigger needs to be pulled to drop the body into a full-on cleanse. In other words, release those impurities, those toxins, that negative energy, because it's going over the top now. It's starting to redline, starting to redline. It needs to be released and it needs to be released right away. Or otherwise, there's going to be a whole other problem that can get created somewhere down the way, as in a physical problem. So, of course, I'm using that, you know, both as an analogy. I know for some people that might have been, you know, super helpful as well, or even inspirational. But I'm using it specifically for this analogy that I want to make to this collapse that's coming. The collapse that Sharon is referring to is we're coming into a cleanse. Actually, we're already in the cleanse. We're in the first stages of the cleanse. And so, and what I mean by a cleanse, meaning our race, our humanity, our society, our government, our, our um, policies, our institutions, our uh, corporations, uh, just on and on and on. We as individuals, this cleanse has now come upon us. Now, I re I've been referring, to this, been referring to this as a global massive cleanse that ultimately nobody can run away from. Uh, I mean, I suppose you could die and then, you know, exit this, this period of time. You could do that, absolutely. But for the most part, this cleanse that I'm referring to is now, it's now begun. Nobody on the planet can stop it. Nothing can stop it. It's now happening. So that cleanse, as in this global massive cleanse, it breaks down to something collapsing, something collapsing into something that's collapsing our, our structure. So if we look at our government, for example, our government has its own structure that, it's been, that was built many years ago or many decades or even centuries ago for that matter. And then that structure has been constantly reinforced. That structure, that's how they operate. So when you have a large body of people and systems and policies and procedures and so on and so forth, a large body such as your government in, in the country in which you reside, right? This has all happened over time. Well, that structure that's been in place 
that for the most part, we can't see with our physical eye, but it does exist. It needs to exist in order for that larger body to be able to function. Corporations do the same thing, right? The larger the corporation, the larger the structure. Sometimes the deeper the structure goes, it's a structure you can't see. If you think of a building, uh, if you think of a skyscraper, you know, a skyscraper that's 67 floors high, let's say, right? What you perhaps can't see is the structure, the structure. You see the building and you see the shiny windows or the clean windows and, you know, all that kind of cool stuff. But what you perhaps don't see is the structure. Without that structure, that building could not stand. And clearly, when the building is struck with some bad weather, the building would not be able to stand without that structure. Underneath the structure, of course, is the foundation. So the same thing with us, same thing with us as individuals, with us collectively, with us as in our governments, our corporations, and so on. And so this structure that I'm, that I'm highlighting right now, it's, this structure is now begun to collapse. And it needs to collapse because in order for us to change into a better society, in order, in order for us to become a better governing body to where we really are dedicated to the serving of the people, to the people, for the people, we the people. As we move and morph into this newer, higher, brighter, better place, if you will, or companies, companies that are still operating within the old structure, that old structure, institutions that are operating within that old structure. So if that's the truth or that's the fact, that's what's really happening, those structures, those old structures, that is, they need to collapse. That's, that's what's bringing, that's why the cleanse. The cleanse is coming upon us because these old structures, they need to collapse in order for the new structures to come in in replace of them. In other right. words, you cannot take an old structure and superimpose it over an old structure, right? right? That just cannot happen. I know there's a lot of people perhaps that maybe try to make that happen because they don't want to go through the unpleasant experience. And it often is an unpleasant experience when a structure is collapsing, right. um, you know, within a company, within a family, within a, within a religious institution, and you kind of get the idea from there. So the question uh, Sharon is presenting, I just wanted to give you a little bit of a backdrop there. So hopefully you'll uh, be able to understand or even appreciate a little bit more about my answer to her question. So now just so the, the listeners can dial back into the question, now that we've, you've got that background, um, Nikki, go ahead and please ask the question again. Definitely. And I do really like that you, uh, when you said when the body's redlining and we're going through that cleanse, yeah. if you look at our economy, our, you know, the government, they're all redlining. So I really like that comparison that you made yeah. because we are perfectly poised for that if you really look and apply what you were just talking about. So I just wanted to touch on that and say I really could relate to that expl explanation that you gave in relating it to the body. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So uh, going back to what uh, Sharon said, she says, so uh, what advice do you have on how to prepare my family for a coming collapse? And then she goes on to ask my young kids in particular, uh, do you have a recommended strategy on how to start a conversation on that to ease the coming shock to our system? 
Yeah. So our kids, uh, you know, I heard somebody not long ago, I was in a, in a meeting with a group of maybe 10 people or so, uh, all business people. And, but they were all parents as well, either a mother or a father of children. And at some point, the whole conversation shifted to this thing um, around what it might be like to be a kid in today's world. And uh, quite frankly, there was tremendous empathy that, that just came, I mean, flooded the room from all of us, all of us adults sitting around a table having this meeting. And um, so and then for the next 20 minutes or so, we had this deeper conversation of just what it might be like to be a child in today's world. Um, it's very different than the world that many of us were brought up in uh, or first entered into. And so, you know, I share that with you to start off with my answer here, because the kids, they know something's going on. They can't put their finger on it. But for the most part, but they know something's going on. They know something's going off the rails, so to speak. Things are changing rapidly around them. Um, I mean, just even the way, you know, between the way they're being educated, what they're being educated on, um, how some of the education that's being kind of forced upon them uh, without the parents' consent. Um, then you have, as they look out into their world, their world, the life of a child, you know, they can see something's going on here. The adults are becoming more and more upset. The adults are getting more angry. The adults are becoming more activated or more reactive. Uh, people are reacting all over the place. They're maybe in their automobile with mom or dad, they're driving down the roadway and mom, because she just got cut off in the traffic, she blows a gasket. I'm not talking about the car. I'm talking about she personally blows a gasket. And she gets really angry and, 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 and she, or, or she becomes incredibly reactive, right? And meanwhile, this 13-year-old kid who's possibly sitting in the backseat of the car, maybe in the front seat of the car, he doesn't understand what's going on. She doesn't get what's really happening, the 13-year-old that is. All they know is mom is flying off the handle and she's reacting like all of a sudden she's like a seven-year-old frightened little girl in a grown woman's body. Like what is happening here? And not only does she do it once, but she maybe does it twice a month in the course of their travels. Um, or it's dad doing it, um, or it's the next door neighbor doing it, or it's maybe one of their friends and it's one of their parents. In other words, they're seeing it all around them that this tension that's been building uh, just among the people this tension that's been building. And now, obviously, if, if you still have a pretty strong inner reactor, what that means is when you get enough tension happening for you, you're going to go off on, on some kind of a reaction. You're going to react to someone or something. And that reaction is not going to be positive, meaning it's not going to feel very good to the other person you're reacting on, whether you're doing it out loud or whether you're doing it inwardly. In other words, you're reacting on a mental level, so to speak, within, your, within the confines of your own mind and you're making it sound like, or you're trying to make it sound like everything's okay, but inside you're so upset at this person. You've got this person in so much judgment. And there you are just reacting like crazy on the inside. Well, that's not healthy either. So, and it's happening all over the, these types of things because this tension is building within our humanity like we've never experienced it before. Our kids are, for the most part, just trying to be a kid. 
because that's really their job is just to be a kid as they're going through you know their develop or earlier develop, uh, developmental stages and but they can't really be a kid because now they've got to be responsible for dad they got to be responsible for dad's reactions they got to be responsible for mom's feelings they've got to i mean talk about kids that have got to try to be peacemakers and constantly trying to keep everything kind of on the straight and narrow because mom is so volatile or dad's so volatile or their older siblings so volatile or maybe a teacher at school is volatile or really negative or even toxic right you know whatever it is so they're experiencing it in all directions uh, and just in all fairness adults are too but adults are really to be the ones that are to have a healthier control over themselves a healthier control over their feelings their emotions their thoughts their their reactive or reactionary ways and so on and so forth obviously some adults do and some don't those who don't quite frankly when you're a nine-year-old kid and you're around an adult like that it's very scary just scary well that's the way it's always been but the way it is now because everything's so amped and seems to be ramping up even higher around us well, it then translates into this tension that we're feeling in our bodies. And so if you think of adults and the response, just even on a financial responsibility side, right? Think of what's going on with our economy right now. It doesn't take a rocket scientist anymore to figure out something is clearly going on with the economy. Now you might know what it is. And then again, you might not have any idea what it really is. And so, but that, whatever that is, it can build this tension. And then you get this tension and all of a sudden now this person this adult that is starts showing up in a way that further contributes to more fear on the planet you see and so this is so important to understand because if you're a parent and you've got especially younger kids younger kids they're already sensing this they maybe can't articulate it but they're sensing it or maybe they don't want to articulate it because they're not even sure what it is they're talking about so they keep their, you know, that old saying, their nose to the grindstone. They keep their nose to the grindstone and make sure they stay in the school books and, and do their job in terms of studying and getting ready for the next test and, you know, attending school and being present while they're in school and so on and so forth. So they're doing their job to the best of their ability. Um, but while that's all going on, they are aware. Most kids are very sensitive. So they're aware. So they're coming home. They might not be speaking out loud, but you, the adult, you clearly know in your more adult brain, you know there is something that's going off the rails here. So in this, when you're with your child, you wanna open up just soft conversations, soft, not heavy, just soft, um, uh, you know, around, uh, hey son, hey daughter, um, anything happened today that kind of startled you? Anything happened today that you didn't understand? Anything happened today that uh, bothered you? Um, now they might make it very personal. They might say, yeah, my best friend, whatever, or they might say my teacher, or they might say, yeah, when I was out with dad last night, we were having dinner, you know, and then they'll go on and say whatever they're going to say. Um, so that's on a real personal level. And that's also good to know too, because then you can respond to that wherever most appropriate. Um, but ultimately where you want to go with this is how are they feeling about what's going on around them? So when they're out in the world, when they're on the school bus, when they're 
you know, obviously our kids are <laughs> really big on the, the, the internet and social media. Um, and so what are they picking up on social media? Uh, this was another part of our conversation when I was in that board meeting with the business people. Uh, the conversation went in that area too. I mean, there is a genuine concern on behalf of parents with their kids spending way too much time on social media alone. I mean, what I'm hearing more and more, parents are becoming more willing where they weren't as willing as they are now to literally pull their kids off of social media. In fact, there's even studies now that have just most recently been released on this. I mean, we, we've got a whole nother problem brewing just with our kids and social media and the negative effect it's having on their psyches, right? Another conversation perhaps for another time, but that might be a, that might be a question that you ask them, you know, because obviously if, if, if you know as their parent that they're on social media, then they're picking up on some of this stuff on what's going on. Um, and so what a great way to open up that conversation. If for any reason for you, the mother, you, the father, to get a better feel, to get a better understanding of what's going on in the mind and the heart of your child as they're being exposed to social media. Um, because somehow the news, as always, the news finds its way into the social media platforms. It always does. And so, you know, and the news might not be completely authentic. The news, the news might be 100% inauthentic. In other words, it might just be a little lie, you know, uh, what, whatever that might be. So as a parent, that would be a good starting place. It's soft, it's gentle, you check in, you do a check-in with your child, not every day, um, unless you're completely inspired to do so as their mother or father, but at least once a week, you know, you get on a routine where, where you're purposely checking in. I remember when I was raising kids, we used to have a, um, you know, our family meeting once a week. And at the family meeting, uh, we could talk about anything. No matter how negative or positive it was, everybody got a chance to talk. And, but we did it every week, every week. And I was always amazed. This was back before all this tension was building. I was always amazed back then over the course of a six-day period from week to week, what would go on in the life of that child and the stuff they were holding in their mind. And so, you know, this became a place to just, quite frankly, to get it out. And quite frankly, it became a good place in, in this case for somebody like myself to be able to dial in a little bit more like what might be going on, right? right? Um, whenever I take, you know, my extended family um, and Mickey will appreciate this because she's, you know, we're extended family to that of each other. And we'll, we'll sometimes go on the hiking trail together and we take one of her children, her youngest, who's now become my like adopted grandson and we'll go on the hiking trail. And I mean, I'll just gently, I'll start asking a couple of questions and we'll be out there hiking. I mean, that's our focus. We're hiking, we're taking in nature and, and he's the type of child that just loves nature and he loves little creatures and, and uh, you know, little uh, toads or little, um, you know, baby frogs, you know, and, and like any boy would. Um, I mean, he's, he's definitely in his teenage years now, but it's very common, it's very natural. So he gets really focused in that, he's really into it, very engaged in it all, and so on and so forth. And at some point, you know, a question will slip out of my mouth. And sometimes there's no response. And then 25 minutes later, 25 minutes down the trail, all of a sudden, the answer comes. And, and as Mickey will tell you, 
if you can see her on the screen right now, she's smiling, right? Because she's reflecting back on the different memories now that have been created uh, during these times. And where and, and he's sincere. He now has a question. He really wants to know. So in other words, he's open, he's receptive to someone maybe imparting some, at the very least, just a good answer to his question, or maybe a little bit of wisdom within that answer, you see. And so, but in that, it's revealing, as it often is. It reveals something around what might be going on in their world, what they might be dealing with, or better yet, what they might be struggling with. What an opportunity uh, when it comes to parenting or even grandparenting um, or, uh, you know, watching over a young person as a way to really be there for them and support them and be of assistance to them along their journey. And so, again, it's all soft. It's soft. It's very gentle. It's blended in. It's not a big deal. And next thing you know, something gets revealed that becomes very helpful to you, the mom or dad, around you know this beautiful child of yours. So that's number one. Number two, when it comes to the idea of the collapse, so the collapse, uh, you know, now more and more adults are maybe they don't use that exact languaging. They just uh, maybe the languaging they use, they, they they see things falling apart. They see our government imploding. They see uh, companies falling um, and so on. They see interesting things that are being exposed within the religious sector. Uh, and so, so it, it, all of this tells them that something's happening here. Something's falling, something's crashing, something's no longer working, something's happening. So maybe that's the language you, you use. And it's really important that you, know, you have your own languaging as a way to communicate. So I refer to it as a collapse. And if you're around me for a while, I'll break down the collapse like we did at the opening of today's episode a little bit. But if you were with me for a longer period of time, I could break it down even much further and go much deeper into what this really is, you see. So then for you as the parent, in this case, Sharon, when you're speaking with your child, you know, at some point, uh, again, you got to use your own languaging and the languaging could be the collapse or it could be you know, when you look out into the world, son, when you look out into the world and you see all these things going on or you're on social media or, you know, or you're talking with your friends or you overhear a conversation with one of your friend's parents, um, what do you think might be going on in the world right now? How do you view this? Again, let them open up. Let them, that, that's the most important piece here, getting them to open up and getting them to share from their perspective, because there's a good likelihood their perspective is gonna be different than yours. You gotta remember they're nine years old and, and you're you know 39 years of age. So just that in itself, there's a difference there, right? Everybody I'm sure can appreciate that. Yeah. So, right. Um, but again, another question. And then, and, and if there's no answer, like sometimes kids, one of their favorite answers, I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I don't know. And so, uh, but go with it. I don't know. So you can either ask a follow-up question uh, around maybe something a little more specific, you know, uh, again, maybe the follow-up is around social media. Have you ever been on social media where you saw something you didn't quite understand or you thought was kind of crazy? 
That would be a follow-up question. I wouldn't pursue it much more beyond that at that point, other than, you know, every now and again, bring the question back around again. And what'll happen, the question, just like that story I shared with you when we're on the hiking trail, sometimes when you ask the question, the question needs to be planted in their consciousness and then just let the question do its work. And sometimes 25 minutes later, bammo, there, you'll get a response from the question you asked 25 minutes ago. Other times it might be two weeks later and you get a response. Never underestimate the power of a real good question, mm. ever. It's like a, a real well thought out or strong, wise question, if you will, um, uh, when asked and when asked properly, meaning not, not in a reactionary way. Like, like if you're all reactive and you're flying off the handle while you're asking the question, that's not going to land at all, at all. But if you're just having a conversation and you're approaching it a little more gently, uh, softer, if you will, like I'm suggesting here today, then the, the odds are it will land. And if it doesn't completely land the first time you ask, then a couple of weeks later, you bring it around again. And now you might see it as you're, you're, you're watering the question, like you would water a wonderful plant in your backyard, right? You're just watering the question that you planted in the psyche of your child two weeks ago. You're watering it. And so again, sometimes it takes a little longer and all of a sudden there's going to come a time where you're going to ask a question like the one that I'm suggesting, the ones I'm, I'm suggesting, and you're going to get a response. It's going to reveal something. And, and once it reveals whatever it reveals, now you as a parent have a chance to, shall we say, maybe be a further support to your child in this way, um, or just to let, or maybe it's to assure him or her that we're going to be okay. Uh, I'm so glad you're, I'm so glad we're talking about this right now. Um, maybe you acknowledge that, yeah, you know, you're, you know, have your own kind of tension that you've been dealing with and, but we're going to get through this. It's like one of the things I say to, you know, I support a lot of people, not just here during the podcast with Mickey or our episodes here on the podcast platform, but I support a lot of people in other platforms as well and uh, right across the board. And uh, the thing that I often remind everybody in or of is that we will get through this. We will get through this. And I know in my bones, we will. I've been through a lot of stuff in this life, a lot of stuff. Obviously, I got through it all or I wouldn't be here today, right? And so, but we will get through this. And, um, and, and that's important too, that whenever something like these types of conversations are going on, that, you know, think of it now as your conversation as some kind of a, also a gentle follow-up. And the follow-up could be, hey, son, hey, daughter, you know what? We're going to get through this or you're going to get through this. How, how do you know that, mom? I don't know. I just know. I just know. I just know. Or maybe you reminded me, remember that time two years ago when we were going through something and, and we were all thinking that maybe we weren't going to get through? But what happened, son? And then the sun just lights up like a Christmas tree because now you're helping him to connect to the truth. We got through it. Exactly. <laughs> and we're going to get through this too. <laughs> all right, mom. All right, dad. And then, and then they're free again. They're free of whatever the tension is that was building inside of them. And um, so that becomes really productive and beneficial for them. Of course, it becomes awesome for you, the parent, 
because all parents, you know, obviously want to do the best uh, they possibly can when it comes to their children and raising and, you know, caring for them right. along their journey. So I remember my dad saying, this too shall pass. And I hear that in my head still, you know, yeah. during heavy times like that. That's a profound teaching. That's a, a profound message that this too shall pass, you know. Um, and so now these other things we're talking about, you want to blend these in. There's all kinds of other things you could be doing as well, yeah. you know, but to know, you know, because it is, it's a profound message that this too shall pass. Yeah. Maybe not when you want it to pass, <laughs> right? but it will pass. We will get through this. Right. We'll get That's through this. Great advice. Great. So Dale, I want to take you back just a little bit, something you said earlier that really struck me. Um, you were talking about, let's see, I made, I made a note on it to make sure that I, I referred to this correctly. Um, so you mentioned um, kids trying to be kids, but having to take on parents' actions and sometimes even be responsible for them. And this made me think about your book that's coming out soon, Transform Your Destiny. Mm -hmm. So I want to touch on this for a minute because I think this would be a very interesting and, and you know, very important answer for people to hear. Um, and that is during this time that we are in and as we move more into maybe heavier times and this collapse or, you know, whatever's coming for us, um, how might the collective's energy influence or impact our soul's destiny? Like even in referring to what you were saying about parents and kids, you know, the karmic implications or just how this heaviness could change our soul's trajectory. Can you speak um, to that? And then what, what can we do to stay aware of it or potentially not get sucked into whatever might be there for us? Yeah, sure. Uh, there's a couple of things there. First of all, in the collective, um, we definitely want to have our awareness be lifted. And the only way that I know that's real to get the awareness lifted would be to get a, you know, just a better education on this, an education on what the collective is, and then more specifically, how the collective can affect us. So I'm sure you've heard the phrase before, fear mongering. Uh, that's been going around on the internet a lot these last couple of years since we entered into this pandemic phase that we've been in since 2020, the beginning of 2020. And so a lot of fear mongering. Well, it's, it's not just fear mongering. Fear mongering, uh, if, you, if you really know what to look for, you'll see it all over the place. Um, but underneath that, there's actually a broadcast that goes out. There's a broadcast in this case, it's fear rooted or fear programmed or the program of fear. And so there's a program of fear that's going out from our collective. And it's, it's literally, go, it's being sent out to the individuals that all, you know, we're all part of the collective. You know, we have our own individual being and we're to be our own sovereign agent, so to speak, um, within that collective, that collective, uh, our collective humanity, that collective consciousness on the planet. And, but in that, the collective has its own kind of, if you will, command center, just like you have a command center within you. And one of those command centers within you is known as the ego, E-G-O. On, on a larger front, as in the collective consciousness, there's also a collective ego. And so at any point, that collective ego can send out a message, right? It broadcasts. 
So when there's a lot of fear mongering going on and you're able to see there's a lot of fear mongering going on, right? What you might not be fully in touch with is that under that fear mongering is an actual broadcast. It's a broadcast. It's an energetic broadcast, right? So think of it like as a radio station, right? And when the radio station is broadcasting, whatever it's broadcasting, you know, you can't see it with your physical eye, right? Well, you can see it on the screen when it comes out on the other side, you can hear it with your ear when, you know, you turn up the volume on your speakers. Yes, you can do all that. But what you can't see is the transmission. The transmission that happens from the, the, the broadcasting station to that of the receiver, the receiver would be you and I that's dialed into that particular station. We're dialed into that frequency, you see. So the same thing here. And so, so that's number one. You want to have just a little bit of awareness around that collective because that collective, and especially when it comes to our kids, our kids for the most part do not even have the ability to reject what's coming at them through this collective programming and on the planet. Now this has been going on for a long time. This is not something that just started at the start of the pandemic, far from it. It's been going on for thousands of years, long, long time. Again, we go really deep into this. Um, but suffice it to say that, you know, you do want to have some kind of an understanding. You want to know that your kids, for example, uh, when they spend a lot of time on social media, I mean, this is one of the platforms where that collective programming uh, or one of the vehicles, shall I say, uh, that um, the collective programming utilizes as a way to send the message through, right? Uh, again, another reason why all these parents are sitting around the board table are genuinely becoming more and more concerned because they, they're starting to see how this is affecting the psyche of their 14-year-old. Right. This is not healthy. Yeah. Well, what's happening, the social media has always been, or has been there for quite a while, but most recently, the broadcasting that's going on, so another, another uh, vehicle uh, or platform for broadcasting is television or even radio. Um, I, I mean, there's these different areas. Um, and again, I, I could go deeper, we're not going to, but I just wanna make the point here that you want to be aware that this is going on and I've given you a couple of places and how it's able to be sent or, the dynamic in which it's sent through that broadcast that is and then when you're say on social media and if you're not paying close attention let's say you're all upset that day um, or you're in a lot of resistance that day or whatever i mean and more specifically you have a certain amount of fear inside of you and if the broadcast is fear next thing you know you're on social media you're in this frame of mind that i just suggested or in this um, feeling state this lower feeling state and you become a pawn. You can become a pawn that quick. And so, and of course, now this is not being educated out there on the main platforms because quite frankly, this would not be good for business. <laughs> it just wouldn't be good for business if you know what I'm talking about, right? And so, but this is what happens. And so if I'm, if I'm caring for a child or I'm caring for a grandchild or kind of helping to oversee you can be assured I'm going to have these types of conversations. Now, I'm not going to have them every day, right? But I'm going to have these types of conversations as a way to help educate and bring awareness so that we can start to make maybe some healthier choices here, 
both for our children, but also for ourselves. So, and then the next part of the question, Mickey, I believe was around more the parent and the destiny. Um, and, and yes, and that collective programming can affect someone's destiny as well. I'm gonna circle back on that here in a minute. But if we go to the parent, so one of the things that you learn about in the Transform Your Destiny book is um, how we go about creating things like negative consequences in our world, or how we go about creating negative karma. It's also known as that as well. How does that happen? Do you really know? Do you really know? And to what degree do you know? Like how deep does this go to really get a deeper, more profound understanding of this? Well, one of the examples that I give in the book, Transform Your Destiny is around parenting. And more specifically, I make a rather bold claim in the book where I talk about how parents end up creating negative karma for themselves while they're parenting their child. Now, most parents don't wanna hear this because most parents wanna believe that they're the best parent on planet earth and that their kids should just listen to them and their kids should just respect them and their kids should just love them and their kids could just their kids should just basically do whatever they tell them to do, right? I get it. That in my view is an old way of parenting on planet earth. The missing piece there, however, is what happens if you parent that way. So one of the things that I invite the reader to take a look at from a parental standpoint is your parental style. But more specifically, does your parental style, is your parental style creating good karma or is it creating negative karma? Is it creating positive consequences? Is it creating negative consequences? Like what's it doing? It's doing one or the other. And you can go back and forth. This week, you could create a couple of positive consequences. And next week, you could create a couple of negative consequences all through your parental style. And so that parental style, using this as an example, to transform your destiny. So if you're a parent of, say, four children, and you're parenting them, and your parental style is, we'll just say, I don't know, 30% to use the word negative and 70% positive, let's say. And please don't take that literally, meaning um, when I say negative, I'm, I'm not saying it's negative. I'm saying it's a different form of parenting to, to give the example. And the same thing with positive. It's just a different level of parenting. And But more specifically, that different level of parenting, it produces a different type of consequence. You see, it produces a different effect on the psyche of your child. It produces a different effect on the quality of relationship that you find yourself having with your child, not just in now time, but also somewhere down the way. As in, you know, at some point, your child's gonna be 25 years of age. And that's when you really get to see, right? What your parental style was like. And so, and more specifically, the effect it, your parental style had on your offspring. And, and, and we all get to deal with this, every single one of us, right? And I'm not saying we're perfect here. I'm not even saying we even get it perfect. I know I didn't get it perfect, far from it. Um, but this is such a profound principle to understand that if I'm going to transform my destiny as a soul at soul level, and I am a parent, I'm gonna to wanna to know about this. And I'm gonna to wanna to know about it, hopefully earlier in my, in my parental experience with my children, rather than later for the obvious reasons. And if by chance you don't start learning about this until 
maybe your kids are in their early 20s, let's say, and you know something's gone off the rails. Uh, I, I can't begin to tell you how many times I've heard parents say to me, uh, I didn't raise them to be that. And I'm like, but maybe you kind of did. Right. And then obviously some parents get really upset when somebody like that says something because they're like hell bent right now on no, they did everything right. They didn't do anything wrong. And I'm coming along and suggesting that just maybe there were some things that were going on in their parental style that's at least contributed to this effect that you're now experiencing with these young adults now who are your children, who you claim that you did not raise them to turn out that way, but yet they turned out that way. And so that's at all, again, this is just an example in the book is there's a lot of different examples that I draw from throughout my path of helping a lot of people over the decades and helping them to do just what the book says, transform your destiny, which means you end up on the other side of this should you be inspired to learn about this and actually do what's necessary in order to correct some things, in order to empower yourself in a way where your destiny, your path, your own path, it starts to level up. It starts to level up to a place where your life just becomes a little better. Your life becomes a little richer. Your life becomes a little happier. And when we circle back to kids, um, you end up with a better relationship with your children. They end up with a deeper, more special relationship with you, their, their mother or father. It really is a, just a profoundly powerful dynamic when you understand it, or in this case, dynamics, because um, there's you know, a handful of them that you know, we all want to know about and then ultimately master, or at the very least, start practicing on a conscious level in our own day-to-day -day life. Yeah. I tell you, you know, I'm when you talk about your book, I just, I'm glad that you went into what you did because it gives everyone an insight into how they can just say or do the wrong thing and bring this on. But I think it's super important to be aware of. And I think this is such great timing for this book of yours, Transform Your Destiny to be coming out because there's so many things that we could potentially do inadvertently, you know, right now. So I just, I want to point out to everybody that there is a website that they can visit and check out your book and pre-order it. Um, but also download a sample chapter and, um, a sample couple chapters, I do believe. So, um, read the table of contents guys that's one of the best things you can do you're going to see what you're going to be getting with this book and some of the stuff that dale just touched on here it's in there but there's so much more and there's so much to be aware of right now wouldn't you say dale like this is like the most timely perfect time i know the book got delayed and i just have to say i think it's extremely timely that it's coming out now yeah no i agree mickey i definitely agree um I think, you know, the, and I think I know the book has just tremendous potential to help a lot of people all over the planet in the biggest and the best and the brightest and the most powerful of ways. I mean, it's, it's a deep book. There's no doubt about it, yeah. uh, but it's going to take you on a journey. It's going to take you on an adventure uh, inside of yourself. You're going to uncover things about yourself, even going back to parenting, you know, just imagine uh, what it might be like 
for a child to have a mom or dad where the mom or dad has the kind of patterning where somehow, some way, they're going to make their child responsible for the way mom and dad feel. Right. Just think about that for a moment. Just think about that for a moment. And in all fairness to mom and dad who do this, they're completely unconscious towards it. They don't even know that's what they're doing. They have no clue that the energy they're sending out, they're making their child responsible for the way they feel as in mom or dad. And at some point, the child takes it on. The child takes on the responsibility. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment, right? So now the child takes on the responsibility after, I don't know, we'll say 10 years of this type of parenting. And again, in all fairness to the parent, the parent's not even aware because if the parent was really aware, if the parent was really conscious of this, there's no way the parent would keep on showing up that way. Not in a million years. So in all fairness to them, they're unconscious towards this. But nonetheless, it doesn't matter. You can be unconscious towards this type of a patterning. And now you're going to be projecting onto your child and your child at some point is going to take the hit energetically and they're going to take on the responsibility. And what that's going to look like now, your child's going to be afraid of you. Your child's going to be afraid to say this or do this, or your child might even take it a step further and literally protect you in the presence of other family members when it comes to that of your feelings, where all of a sudden the child becomes very committed and every decision the child makes in relation to his or her father or mother is always like, how's this gonna make dad feel? How's this gonna make mom feel? And so they talk about tension, talk about a pressure. So now the child becomes 19 years of age is always concerned about what mom or dad is gonna feel if he was to do this or she was to do that. Right. And it's because now that patterning the child has now taken on, who's now 19, 20, 21 years of age, it just has this um, unrealistic responsibility that they've taken on. So now they live in this almost like self-imposed prison because their, their choices now have to be restricted. Their choices are not unlimited anymore. Their choices are now limited to what they can make because they're so concerned that if I tell my dad this, if I tell my mom this, it's going to make him or her feel this, and I'm not going to be able to handle it. So now the child becomes protective of mom's feelings, protective of dad's feelings over time. Well, if that's the parental style, and you really are sincere in terms of your genuine interest to want to transform your destiny because that, that will produce a destiny. That, that's going to be a heavy where now the parent and the child become stuck along their journeys, you see. So to transform your destiny would be to transform that pathway, to level it up to where eventually we heal this. And what we do is we stop the parent, so to speak, I say stop. I mean, obviously the parents got some stuff to heal and transform with him and within him or herself. Um, but assuming that the parents are willing to do that, which would really be an act of great courage, quite frankly, to be able to stand up to that and then actually heal that or transform it. That'd be so huge because that would then help the child to start to free the child or now this young adult from the patterning they picked up around having to be so protective of mom or dad's feelings all the time. 
And so now it becomes freeing to both the parent and the child who's now a young adult. So now in this case, both destinies, as in the father's destiny, the mother's destiny, and the daughter or the son's destiny has now transformed at least a tad. And so now things become a little lighter, things become a little freer, things become a little happier. And clearly now the relationship between parent and child can also become actually better. Right. Wow. Just so important for what we're experiencing. Like now more than ever, it's time to be changing and addressing, like uh, uncovering what those patterns may be for ourselves and, and keeping that from happening. I'm just, I'm so excited for your book, Dale. And, you know, I didn't mention the website. I got to tell everybody where they can go. <laughs> it's transformyourdestinybook.com. That's transform your destiny book.com there you will uh you'll find several different things you will find a special offer from us but you're also going to be able to download those sample chapters i was telling you about check out the table of contents and uh like you check out those free offers you know there you can pre-order the book there and you're gonna want to pre-order this book because the last time dale had a book come out it sold out within a couple days and people had to wait a while so all the more reason to make sure you reserve your copy now but then you will have this amazing handbook for for life and for navigating these intense times that we're coming into it's just it's so important that you guys check this out you will be so glad you did. Your children will thank you. I mean, Sharon, you gotta get this book. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, that would be a wise choice. I think it's a wise choice for anybody and everybody. As long as you're somewhat open to looking at yourself, as long as you're willing to kind of look at yourself. And again, if you are going to transform your destiny, this is imperative. It's imperative for each and every one of us to, you know, was it Plato or Aristotle? One of them said, a life unexamined is not worth living. Wow. Yeah. And so, and this is just, it's a, just a beautiful opportunity to, at the very least, just re-examine yourself. The, the book will take you through that re-examination process. It'll get you to think. It'll stimulate you. It'll inspire you. It'll... Um, It'll also activate you, meaning some stuff will come up from inside of you to take a better look at and hopefully start to confront in a healthy way, um, all of that. But it'll also, it'll, uh, it'll light you up with some kind of a possibility, like what is possible for you? Like, who could you become? Who could you grow into? Um, what kind of person could you become? What could you be accomplishing in your own world, you know? Uh, maybe we'll close out on this here, Mickey, if you're okay with it. And, and that is this, is that right now, to circle back on how we started today's episode on this massive cleanse, this massive global cleanse. Now, whether you and I want to stop this or not, there's, it cannot be stopped. This is now going to happen and it's going to go the distance. It's going to go the distance. In other words, it, it will complete itself. It will complete itself. And then on the heels of that, that's where something new begins to enter in, something new, brighter and better. And you, hopefully you get it from there. Um, but here's the deal. While we're going through this, where you want to keep your primary focus is on you. 
in that of your own personal universe. Yes, you can be aware of what's going on in the larger universe, the external universe, absolutely. But make a decision to not get too caught up in what's going on in the larger universe. Because if you, I mean, we see people all over the place, they're getting too caught up, they're getting swallowed up in what's going on. Some of these people are willing to put their life on the line. And some of these people are dying, physically dying. So when something like this is going on, one of the best things you and I could ever do is bring the focus back onto ourselves, our own families, our own careers, our own businesses, our own communities, bring it back into our own individual lane. This is where we can affect change for the better. This is it. This is, this is the real deal now. This is where we can affect real change is when we bring it into our own individual lane and we keep ourselves there, or at least we do our best in keeping ourselves in that of our own individual lane. While this massive cleanse is going on, because it's going to upset all kinds of things. No question about it at all. This, this, that's what happens when these sort of things go on. But for us individually to really, to take the time, this time that would be, to get into a swing, to get into a practice where you're re-examining you in a light way, in a healthy way, re-examining you. I mean, there, this is a good practice to be in at any time during your journey. But if there was a time that would be most auspicious to be doing this, it would be in now time, as in this time, to be really taking a look. Uh, and, and of course, in this case, the book can serve as just a profound tool profound, practical tool for you that will guide you through this process. It'll take you inside little by little, slowly but surely, where you get to look and you get to do this all at your own pace. If it gets to be too intense, you put the book down for a couple of days. If you feel like you're coping along at a pretty good pace, you just keep on reading from page to page, or you decide that maybe you're going to meditate on one of the pages, or you decide you're going to purposely pause on one of the pages because it really grabbed you. It really, in other words, it spoke to you. It was in such resonance with you. Those are all signals that say, whoa, do I ever have the right book at the right time? And am I ever doing the right thing here in this right way, meaning today? So do remember that moving forward. I often give that advice out to many, many people. And it turns out it ends up being not only a very practical piece of advice, but for anybody that's really taking this to heart, they always come back and they say it's the most profound piece of advice they think they've ever been given because this is where you really can change. You can change for the better. That's the possibility, the possibility that we can change. We can transform ourselves. We can transform our lives. We all can. We all can. Is it going to be easy? Probably not. Will it be quick? Probably not. But can it be done? Absolutely, it can be done. Very nice. What a powerful message and a great place to wrap up this awesome and timely episode. Thank you, yeah. Dale. Oh, yes, you're welcome. And thank you, Sharon, for the great question. What a what a journey we went on through this one, but just really <laughs> profound answers and very thought provoking things to really take in and absorb in this time that we're entering into.
And do remember that you too can send your question in and get it answered by Dale for one of our future episodes. All you got to do is send it to askdale at askdaleanything.com and you will get entered into our best question bonus giveaway. Congratulations again to George for our winning our latest entry drawing. Yes. And we will, <laughs> right? I know it's yes. so exciting when we yes. have winners. Woo I love it. <laughs> Maybe at some point we can actually have winners of the book. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, absolutely. Well, we will see you guys again soon for another thought-provoking episode. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us. And if you found Dale's teachings helpful and you want to get more of them, then you might really like his free ebook that we have for you, 12 Simple Ways to Change Your Life in 30 Days. You can download it for free at dellhalloway.com forward slash practices. That's dellhalloway.com forward slash practices. In it, you'll find 12 simple ways explained to you in exact step-by-step -step fashion that will cause your life to move forward in the next month. Simply choose one of the practices, any one of them, do it for 30 days straight, and you'll see a new you begin to manifest. I am not kidding. Download your free copy today at D-A-L-E-H-A-L-A-W-A-Y.com forward slash practices. Oh, and by the way, if you know anybody who might find this content helpful, please share it with them. Thanks so much, and I'll talk to you next time.